Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Craig Dyson. My wife, Kara, and I are the pastors of Convo Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to read to you verses 12 through 16. If you're taking notes today, which I encourage you to, um, I'm kind of connecting this to the tail end of us doing Jesus is King, uh, mainly because uh, kingdoms are always moving forward. Successful kingdoms are always moving forward. Jesus doesn't lose. You need to know that. God doesn't, doesn't, uh, de- isn't defeated in battle at any point in time. You need to know that God is a victorious God, and when Jesus came as the king of all kings, he is a winning king. He is a victorious king, and that applies to your life as well because you are hopefully a part of God's kingdom. And so you need to know that the wins that God experiences are wins that God desires you to experience as well. And so today we're talking about forward faith. Forward faith, it's a total easy one for the end of the year, but it's, it's not a cliche. It needs to be something that is, that is real and alive inside of those who do have hope in Christ. And for those that do not, we hope that it would inspire and motivate you in that direction. You need to have faith for what is ahead of you. Philippians chapter 3, verses, I'm going to read verses 12 through 16. You can follow along in your Bible, version Bible app, the free one or the, on the screen behind me. And Paul says this, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Don't get freaked out by that word perfection. We'll get to that. He says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. Anybody can say that in this year? I didn't achieve it. I had some thoughts, had some goals, didn't achieve it. He goes, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Can you say one thing? Can the rest of you say one thing? All right. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Paul says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I love he didn't say me. He said God is calling us. Verse 15, he says, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. I love this next line. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. He's basically saying, if you disagree, you're wrong. But anyway, he says, but we must hold on to the progress we have already made. We must hold on to the progress that we have already made. Maybe some of you said, this year I'm dropping 25 pounds. Maybe you got to one pound. Well, why don't you hang on to the progress that you already made, and if it went in the opposite direction, well, don't hang on to that. We're working. I'm working too. It's okay. So going into this new year and wrapping up this old one, how many of you have ever failed at anything ever? It's like a bunch of y'all didn't raise your hand. Y'all can leave now. Anyway, no, I'm joking. But, but I think that's something that we all have that in common, don't we? We've all had the moments where, okay, that didn't go as I planned. Okay, that was a complete, I'd completely unsuccessful at whatever that was supposed to be. And, uh, and so there's, uh, how many of you heard this company called Apple? I don't, they've, they seem to be doing okay. So I, I was doing some research, and so many of us know of Steve Jobs. Many of us know of Steve Wozniak. But there was a third partner 
that helped start Apple back on April 1st, 1976. And I actually have to look because I don't remember his name either. Ronald Wayne. Kind of sounds like a cowboy actor or something like that. Ronald Wayne. He, see, he was the third part of these three guys that got together and said, hey, we have an idea. Let's, let's see if we can do this. And, and uh, Ronald Wayne owned 10% of Apple. Um, but unfortunately, 12 days into the venture, he saw he was, the, he was older. He was in his 40s, and, and the, other, the other gentlemen were in their 20s. They were crazy. They were smart. They were energetic. And he didn't quite think that the business plan that was moving forward was one that was going to work. And so instead of him being the older one that might have to foot the financial bill for a lot of the things that were going to happen, he said, you know what, I tap out. Tell you what, I will sell you my 10% back for $800. So 12 days in to the, the, the founding of Apple, which by the way, in September became a $1 trillion company. Do you know what 10% of $1 trillion is? It's a lot. It's $100 billion. And so there's something to, to, to grasp. You know, if, you, if you're this guy, if you're Ronald, Ronnie, Ron, hey, you kind of you backed out a little bit too soon there. You know, things were, things were about to just get good, and you stopped just short before things begin to break through. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And I didn't do the follow-up research. I don't know where Ronald is. I don't know if he's still alive today. Probably, I don't know. I'm probably not. Not. I'm not sure. But to know you, you gave, you gave, you got eight hundred dollars for something that years later would be worth a hundred billion dollars. And uh, and I did read some quotes from him from the years past, and he he seemed to process that news fairly well. He seemed to have a good attitude, and hopefully, hopefully everything went well for him. But I think there's something to learn from that because if I can take it from just kind of the, the tangible business side and take it into maybe our own personal lives, not many of us in here are dealing with financial decisions that could bring us to $100 billion in the next you know, 10 to 20 years. But every single one of us in this room are dealing with things in our life that are ahead of us that we have dreams for, that we have hopes for. Some of us uh, believe in the hopes and dreams maybe more than others. Some of you are coming off of such significant challenges in 2019 that you don't even know if you can see what's possible for 2020. The last 10 years, the last decade has been such a roller coaster of ups and downs and successes and seeming failures that you don't even know if you have the energy to dream for another decade or another year or maybe for some of you, maybe even another week. And you need to realize that what Jesus did for you and I was to create an environment and to create a space where we don't have to rely on our own strength and our own understanding and our own skill set and our own personal individual abilities to do and be the things that God says that we can do and that we can be. We can rely on the power of God. We can rely on the love and the grace of God. Another one, I just, another one I'll throw out there. This one gets used a lot, but I think it's worth it. Thomas Edison, he invented the light bulb. And we, we have a few of those in use today. A little bit different from what he envisioned, but it's all good. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you, Tommy, for the light bulb. He tried a thousand unsuccessful attempts to create a light bulb. And on the 1,001st attempt, he was successful. 
And, he, and I've seen some different quotes from him, interviews. They were like, well, what did it feel like to fail a thousand times? And he said, I've never failed in my life. I was just unsuccessful a lot of times. That's a huge mindset shift, isn't it? The only failure is quitting. The only real failure is giving up on yourself, giving up on those around you, giving up on what is ahead of you. Quitting is the death of purpose. And so I would go as far as to say is that it doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down. It doesn't matter how many times you are unsuccessful. If there is still air in your lungs, if there is still blood pumping through your body, then you haven't failed. And I love the fact that our God is not a God of a single chance. Jesus is not a God of, okay, I'm going to give you a couple of opportunities, but man, if you screw it up. No, he's a God of a thousand chances. He's the God of the unsuccessful, if you will. Because his desire and his dream and his goal is to take what you see in yourself to breathe purpose into it, to breathe hope into who you are, to breathe life, to let you know that the sum of what you have experienced to this point is not the definition of who you are moving forward. And I tell you, as a church, Convo Church, who we are and what we're about is to make sure with every breath that we have, with every opportunity, whether it's a Sunday, whether it's a small group, a crew, whether it's something that we're doing out in the community, whether it's something that we're doing maybe even in another country, that we believe with everything that is inside of us this truth of Jesus, that there is no person that is too far removed from God. There is no person who has done so many bad things that God cannot still forgive, restore, make brand new, and give a new life. I want to tell you today that what is ahead of you is far greater and is far too great to miss because of what's behind you. Ever wonder why in your car the, the windshield is so much bigger than the rearview mirror? Because you don't get a whole lot of accomplished looking backwards. As a matter of fact, if you look backwards too much, you'll crash where you're trying to go forwards. And I'm aware of that because our 16-year-old just got his driver's license yesterday. Y'all could be praying. Come on, let's take a moment right now. Dear Jesus, no, I'm playing. No, he does a great job. He does a great job. So I want to I just take just a couple of moments to look at this initial verse that we read in Philippians and, and to look at some of the wisdom that we can take from the Apostle Paul and uh, in his own experience. And I, think, I don't know about you, but sometimes I look at, uh, at some of the, the giants of the Bible and sometimes I have kind of elevated them to a status of, of superhuman. Anyone ever done that before? Be like, well, well they, you know, that's, you know they, were, they were superhuman, so that doesn't really... You know, I have a real life. They just walked on, on clouds. No, they were real individuals. That's why in the church world, we should never be elevating people and leadership. We elevate Jesus Christ. We don't, we don't, no, 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 I'm not going to do that yet. Do y'all like how I process out loud sometimes? Okay. <laughs> verse 13, let me just hit this. Verse 13, I just want to take this one statement. Paul says, I have not achieved it. I have not achieved it. I can give you a laundry list of things in my life that I thought in 2019 that I or we would accomplish that I have not achieved it. And nothing can discourage achievement more than the lack of achievement. And I'm like, hey, if Paul can be okay with not achieving what he had hoped at this point to achieve, maybe I can be okay in my life with not yet achieving the things that I hoped at this point I would have achieved. Like, man, by this age... So-and-so was already doing this. What am I doing with my life? Stop comparing yourself. 
Bible says that we compare ourselves amongst ourselves. That's not wise. Why? Because they're not you and you're not them. You're the only you that will ever exist. No one else will ever, no one else will ever be existing that is just like you. God's got a plan for you that has never been before with any other person and will never be for anyone else. And so when we start saying, well, you know, that person over there or, or, or even on the flip side, well, you know, I'm, you know, I thought I was doing bad, but that person, man, they're really doing terrible, so I'm doing all right. No, you're not. <laughs> you could be doing better, but it's not about doing better. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not about accomplishing. It's not about your achievements. It's about understanding the relationship that you have with God, the journey of grace and discovery that you walk every single day. Some days you go backwards, somebody. Some days you move forward. Some days you just want to sit down Indian style, cover yourself with a blanket, and do nothing. But listen, you got to understand that God's not going to be punishing you because you didn't make his mark. You already didn't make his mark. And what did he do? He rewarded you by sending Jesus to the cross. He's like, you don't have to measure up for me to love you. You don't have to reach a certain standard for me to accept you. All I want you to do is to come to me just as jacked up as you are and allow me to put my love and grace into your life and to bring transformation into your life that no one else needs to force on you, but I'm gonna take you there because I love you and realize that God's got a plan. God's got something that he wants to do. And if Paul wasn't achieving at all, then that's okay when we don't achieve at all. It's okay when you feel like you have a failure because if you're still alive, you're still kicking, you're still breathing, you're not done yet. Just don't quit. Just don't quit. Winston, Winston Churchill said it one time. He said, never, 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 never quit. And it was that resolve that through his leadership helped uh, Great Britain not get annihilated in World War II. They had no business even surviving that. But something happens when you determine in yourself that I have every reason to quit. I'm not going to. I got everything against me. I'm not going to quit. My family has told me that they've given up on me. I'm not going to quit. He says, I haven't achieved it, but then he goes on to say this. I focus on this one thing. Church, I'm telling you, there is something powerful about being able to have a single-minded focus. Having a single-minded focus. I don't know if you have done this before, but if you haven't, I highly suggest. It's something that my wife and I do every single year. And this isn't just for pastors, this is for people. Pastors are people too. Anyway, go into a new year. Take some time and sit down by yourself and pray and ask God, what is the thing that you want me to focus on this year? Ask God to give you a word or a thought or a phrase or, or something that will help you be directed forward in faith for the year to come. Because I'm telling you, when you sit down and you're able to grab the vision that God has for you and you begin to write down the vision and you begin to make it plain so that you can see it and you can begin to put goals around it, you can begin to put things around that vision that will help you stay on track. The Bible says in James 1.8 that, that someone who is, it says someone who is double-minded, which means that you're constantly kind of pulled in multiple directions in how you think. It says that you are unstable in all your ways. You're like, well, that's harsh. Well, I've been, I've been there. I've had moments where I felt like, you know, okay, I'm doing this for the Lord, and then boom, I'm distracted over here. Well, how can I go in this direction if I'm being pulled in this direction? Or how can I go in this direction when God wants to take me in this direction? And you just can't do the things that God is calling you to do when your mind is split. That's why it takes that single-minded focus to say, you know what? 
I don't have it all figured out yet, God. But what I do have figured out is your heart and your desire for me. And I know that I can trust it. And even if I don't have the steps figured out, God, I will continue to follow you. Because the reality is, is that when you are double-minded, sometimes it's in relationship. Sometimes there are people in your life in 2019 that want to take you back to where you were in 2019. And you need to get yourself surrounded by people who will help you move forward in 2020. It's just, it's just a reality. We're like, you know, that gets weird in the church world because then we start to kind of create these weird uh, mindsets and thoughts about we can only hang out with, with godly people and we can never hang out with these dirty sinners over here. And, and it's just, it's broken and messed up. That's not what we're talking about. But there are people that you can love and reach out to and then there are people that you gotta walk with. And you can only walk with people if you wanna do what God's called you to do and be who God's called you to be. You can only walk with those who are headed in that direction. Because people that are headed in a different direction are people that will pull you away from forward faith. And I love this right here. It says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting the past doesn't always mean that you have it erased from your memory. As a matter of fact, it is, sometimes it's really good to reflect on the past to get an idea of where you are so that you can move forward. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I love the, the analogy all the time. I and mean, we even kind of sang about it in worship today. This, just this thought, this reality that, that uh, uh, God never loses. And if I'm walking with God, even if it's not all the time, even if I haven't been faithful, but I've been walking with God, I know that he has pulled me a little ways. He has led me a few steps away. Sometimes it's healthy to pause and look back, not so that you can uh, get stuck on the past, but so that you can see how good God is and where you're not where you used to be. Does that make sense? Like, I'm, I'm not where I want to be yet. I haven't achieved it, but I'm not where I was. I'm not, I'm not still stuck in the same stuff I was stuck in. Maybe there's some of it left, but I'm not where I was, and I can have faith to move forward because of what God is doing. And then the final thought here, and just in verse 14, Paul says, I press on. I press on. He talks about I press on to, to perfection, and you're like, well, uh, that's where I'm out. Tap out. Perfection. Can't do it. No, that's, this, that's the English word. But the, the word that was originally talked about there when Paul was speaking to this audience was a, was a Greek word. And the picture that he was painting was the, the pursuit of being who you're supposed to be. Not, this, not this, this status of perfection that means you never mess up. You never make any mistakes. You always do the right thing. Everyone looks to you and you're always everything that everyone else needs you to be. That's not perfection. And that's not what Paul was talking about. He was saying your pursuit needs to be relentlessly in pursuit of what God is calling you to. And if you move forward an inch or if you move forward a mile, you need to keep moving forward. Paul says, hey, I haven't attained it. I wasn't successful as I hoped I had been. I'm not where I wanted to be, but I'm not where I was. But you know what? I'm going to press on. I'm going to move forward. I'm not going to be stuck in the back. I'm not going to be stuck looking in the rearview mirror or, or turned around wondering if I should still be where I was or being around the same individuals that continually, just for whatever reason, thrived in keeping me down. But this year I'm going to make some changes. This year I'm going to, by the grace of God, I'm going to press on. I want to attain the things that God has got ahead of me. And I want to encourage you as I wrap this thing up that, listen, I know every year's a new year. I get it. I know every year we get into our, 
This is what we want to accomplish this year. These are my resolutions for this year. And that's great. I, I get it. But I want to encourage you that, listen, there's something different about 2020. And it's not just because it's a cliche 2020, eyesight, vision, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's great, it's great for preachers, but you know, it's like it's just another year. Is it? Is it just another year? You know, we don't know when Christ is going to return. We have no idea. The early disciples thought it would be in their life, and the next followers of Jesus thought it would be in their life. And, we, and, and that's great. I, we, we don't know when Christ will return. All I know is that every year that passes is another year that does get closer. And I can't wait. I don't know if I'll see it in my lifetime. I don't know if my kids will see it in their lifetime. I don't know if it'll be another thousand years. We have no idea. And listen, just in case, just in case you, you hear somebody that does pop up and they give you a date, walk away. Because they don't know. If they're talking about this is when the spaceship is coming, run for your life. They don't know. You know what's crazy? Even Jesus says only the Father knows. So Jesus doesn't even know. That's crazy. Because if I was him, I'd be like, come on. Just, I just, I won't tell anybody. You know, just, just let me know. But the reality is, is that the longer this world continues, it's, we're not, we're not surprised when we see the challenges of our world increase. We're not, we're not surprised when we see evil increase or at least create the perception of increase. But I think there has to be a growing desire inside those that are Jesus followers that we're not just going to be kingdom attenders, but that we are going to live on purpose and on mission. God, I'm, I'm, God called you to live for him. Now listen, now some people, I'm gonna quit my job, be a pastor. That's not what, <laughs> don't do that. Because where you are is where you're supposed to be. Even if you don't like it, even if it's not the best place, even if, it's not a, even if it's not a dream come true, where you are is exactly where God wants you to be. Maybe it won't be where you are forever, but live where you are in the moment with purpose. Say, God, I, this isn't the job that I dreamed of, but it's where you are. So allow God to make the best of it. Continue to dream, continue to hope, continue to plan. There's nothing wrong with those things, but allow God to lead your steps. Allow a community of people to encourage you. Our values here are to inspire purpose, encourage life, and build faith. That's what we want to accomplish with everything that we do at Convo Church. And I can guarantee you this isn't going to be a perfect church or a perfect community, but our hope is that you being a faithful, consistent part of who we are is that those things will help you come alive. That we will inspire purpose inside of you, that we will encourage the life of God inside of you, and that being a part of what we're doing is going to build faith inside of you for what you don't yet see. You don't need faith for what you can see. You only need faith for what you can't see. And there's a whole lot of stuff that we can't see. So I'm praying today, church, that we finish this year with a determination that we are not going to be stuck because of what we didn't accomplish, but that we are going to be resolute in who we are to press forward, believing that by putting our hope and our faith in Jesus Christ, that we will be able to, to move mountains that we'll be able to see things happen that we have, couldn't even imagine, that we would be able to see relationships that we thought were so far gone be brought back together. So we see dreams of even businesses that you've had, you're like, nah, people are like, that won't work. You don't, have, you don't have the background, the experience to make that happen. 
you'll see things come to life so that, so that we begin to impact our culture around us in a positive way. Don't ever look at the negative that we see around our region and around our world and buy into the false lie that it can't be changed because it can. And there's people proving it every single day. Lives can be changed, trends can be reversed, culture can be completely turned upside down. Don't think for a second that the church is dying, it's not. It's never been more alive. Jesus' followers have never been more passionate. The gospel has never spread as fast as it is now. You're like, well, the church is failing. No, it's not. Besides, I wouldn't talk about it that way anyway because it's a bride of Christ. The church is succeeding, but our, our goal is to be who God's called us to be and to play our part, which I believe God's called us to play a significant part. I don't even know what that looks like yet, but you and I get to see it unfold together. So buckle your seatbelts. We'll see what happens. But God wants to do great things in your life pray today that you would hold on to that. Thanks again for listening to the Convo Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message, do us a favor, subscribe to this podcast, rate and review us on iTunes, and share our podcast with your family, friends, and team members. If you live in the Reno area, come and be a part of Convo Church. Check us out on ConvoChurch.com and follow us on social media at Convo Church. We'll see you next time here on the Convo Church Podcast.